Yeah, well, how do we know that we're not going to? They haven't made their hardware announcement. If they're going to have some... T uh, no. Oh, oh, it's going down. I was totally right. <laughs> Scotty, you know I'm totally right. John, I'm, I'm just not convinced. Convince me, just... convince me. Come on, sell, sell your rightness to me. <laughs> okay, your rightness. Uh, well, so you and I were both making predictions, and I think that your prediction was that, that Tim Cook was going to get on stage and announce that. He says, you know, it's been a good ride. It's been nice having integrated hardware and software, but we're done. We are basically going to focus on the things that we care most about, and that's hardware. And we've looked around and found that Microsoft is just making the most innovative software around, and uh, that's what we're doing. We're, we're, we're going to bring up uh, Steve Ballmer as our <laughs> new uh, chief taste officer. <laughs> Who's going to lead us into a new direction? For anybody who's listening That's to this show said. for the first time, they're not going to think a lot of me, are they? I didn't say that, folks, honest. I really didn't. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I think that's your description of what I said is probably about as accurate as your claim for correctness that you're about to make. Oh! No, I think my claim for correctness was... Well, and I think that there was last show, and I think that even a couple of shows before then, you were saying, what do you think they were going to do? And I more or less said that Apple is going to announce to developers that to be an Apple developer doesn't mean that you are just, say, I'm an iOS developer or a macOS developer, but that you're an Apple platform developer, and that your code and content can follow people as they move from as they enjoy their their different devices and i stand by that that statement and i think that that is a, a, an important theme of what was shown at wwdc if you look at the 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 fact of CloudKit, for example, and the the fact of these, you know, kind of continuance where you can basically start on your app somewhere and, and, and pick up where you were on a piece of content, even on the execution of some code on another device. And that is synced with Apple's surprising uh, commitment to cloud services that hopefully work. I, I have to say, in fairness, uh, you have said stuff like that, and it's... Uh... Yeah, okay, I'll give that to you. And it was quite a, uh, it was quite unappily, wasn't it? Really, in a, in a way, that in the fact that they uh, just making it all work together, all very collaborative, maybe more open. I mean, I think for me, the biggest thing about the keynote, um, the predictions, uh, stuff that was coming out, was the whole thing of extensions and how that's going to affect the whole sharing of everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, having been looking a little bit about how Android apps are, are made, because we talked about it earlier, but I have some friends who are big Android partisans, and even talking with our good friend Justin Williams, that the only thing that kind of made me think, wow, developing apps for Android is kind of cool, that has all gone away, you know? You know, I'm sure some Android developer will say, but yes, we can do anything as an extension, and Apple only kind of gives you certain categories of extensions, just like, you know, background processes. You can't write absolutely anything. There are certain categories that they run into it. But I think think in reality for anything I can imagine wanting to do and anything that that I of my friends that I talk about would want to do you can do that with extensions and and this basic remote processing which is it's uh, very very cool you know so uh, another thing that was really interesting and means that we can actually have a conversation that was that is um, uh, maybe more interesting this year is 
the whole concept of the NDA hasn't gone away, but it's become far more liberal. Um, and we're actually allowed to talk about stuff um, that was sh- yeah. happened at WWDC, that stuff that's in the WWDC videos, um, the stuff that's in the previews. We're not allowed to do product reviews or anything like that. But, um, you know, that that's a huge change. It is. I, and, you know, and... and- I've been I've been going to WWDC since I think nineteen ninety nine. It was basically it's the year after the Apple and Next merger, which I kind of think was December of ninety eight, if I have my dates right. And this is by far the the most exciting of of stuff that they've announced. Even even considering the announcements of of, of developing for iPhone or any of the kind of major technological breakthroughs of Mac development over the time. And at, at the bash, I was chatting with some folks at, from Apple. Uh, and and I was talking with with uh, our friend Florent from from uh, he's no longer from Points. Oh shoot! From uh, uh, help me out. That's <laughs> terrible. You better erase this part since I don't remember the name of the company. Is no, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you know. people show that you know, you are not the perfect you man suck. that everybody might think you are. Anyway, so but we were both talking about that in recent years as Mac developers, you really thought that our ability to 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 program for Apple's hardware has gotten more and more compressed. I mean, look at all the things that were taken away. We lost IB plugins. We had this whole sandbox nightmare to, to, to deal with. And I, you know, it, it's been, it's not been fun at all. And now for now we feel like, you know, Apple has listened to everything that, that developers have been asking for in, in, in you know, in, in any number of different areas. And they're actually painting a very pleasant vision for the future, not, and not just in terms of, of the software and hardware and stuff, but another thing that's, that's maybe not talked about as much is, is, you know the the apples reaching out to new people to to join the world of apple development and and for instance the opening video when they said you know i don't know what an app developer looks like i've never seen an app developer but if i were to ever meet one i would thank them for bringing this joy into my life and of course they had a cross section of people and then at at the same time with the with the swift language and playgrounds you know they're 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 trying to make it easier for new people to get into the the world of programming and and the, with the emphasis of we've got young folk here you know as young as thirteen you know on scholarship here with their their parents acting as minders but we're going to get new generations of people and then another thing was you know these birds of a feather sessions um, that were held where they said you know if if you are a woman in tech and you are an ally of women in tech or you just you know not even want to think about in terms of labels but want to 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 say that it's interesting to have a more diverse ecosphere um, for a stronger ecosphere come to this event and then similarly had things like if you're interested in developing for China you know come here there are people who who can help you who have been there who are interested or other people that you can talk with so they're really kind of saying that and and with with the pushes in localization apple is saying that we here's we want this to to be a global phenomenon and and computing is no longer this thing that is strictly for you know a very rarefied type of person running on a single device but software is just this thing that powers our lives and we should be writing software for people and that people who you know the the more diverse of a people that you have doing it the more interesting software is going to be written so yeah i mean it's it's a really cool time to be a developer in this ecosystem um i wasn't there and therefore i've not got quite caught up in the same way and had time to look at some other stuff but um you know this the stuff that's been announced is not like if i don't get into it in the next 10 seconds i'm in trouble this is yeah this was big future changes long-term future changes um whole ethos changes we were seeing 
during this show. Now, it sounds, John, like it was a bit crazy there because we were going to record last week. Um, then, you, uh, you know, 8am your time, you were saying, well, I'm already in line for a lab. Um, I don't, you know, that's, that's yeah. crazy being in line at 8am for the lab. So is that because you were just couldn't well, sleep that was really earlier, crazy so or the lab's really no, going crazy no, no, no. and you needed to get there? No. Well, no, here's something that's different is that uh, the Apple, you know, the, the UI design lab has, you know, it used to be that, that I wouldn't say almost nobody went, but a very small percentage of people thought, oh, I'm not going to do that. I need to go to the labs or I need to go to the sessions. And now people were, were you know, the, the UI design lab was, was, they had 30, I believe 30 designers there and you get 25 minutes effectively. And they were open from nine to six on for four days, you know, three days and then nine to four on the last day. And um, as a result, you if you wanted one of those precious slots, and, and I'm not very good at math, but there weren't all that damn many of them, they told you when you show up that it's it's same day appointment only, and you have to get there in the morning. They said, look, people are lining up at 7 o'clock. So I went there, it's, I got there at 7.15, there was already a line kind of down all the way to the end of, of the, the side of Moscone on 4th Street. So that's a, And that was just for people waiting to get in, getting into the building. The building didn't open up until 8. And so then when these people came in, the vast majority of people had been waiting in line, were waiting, waiting in line for a design review. And so then you had to line up again, you know, and, and the, the, the wait place was at the very entrance to the, the bottom floor where the lunchroom is. And then by the time the line had been transferred from outside to inside, it was already kind of pretty much halfway back to the back, Bathrooms on the back wall, if you can imagine, you know, so for people who can't, it was hundreds and hundreds of people. And yes, some of them were grouped in companies, but it was very, very clear from the very beginning of when people were lining up is that, you know, <laughs> you will make it, you have absolutely no chance of making it, you got to come back tomorrow. And so that it's so that to me signals the fact that, you know, for whatever reason, hopefully it should be obvious that people have realized that design is absolutely as important as engineering. You better get in, uh, get in the very beginning of your process. And, uh, which was very cool. The, the, uh, the, the sessions I thought were also kind of surprisingly more populated than I expected them to be given how it was clear, how quickly the, the videos themselves were being released. And, and I, I would attribute that fact to the, that there were 70% you know, people were there for the first time, so they didn't really know what to expect. And since that was the kind of most obvious thing to do, you just go there. And plus, maybe you didn't, you know, didn't know what, you didn't have deep questions to ask at the lab. So if you did and you had very specific things, you could, of course, go there. Um, and I would, I, you know, since I've always said in the past about, you know, my big reason is, is going there with the labs, I had one interesting uh, kind of uh, epiphany-like moment in that a problem I was struggling with with the animation, the precise animation of, of a keyboard when it shows and timing that with the resizing of a view controller's view not being in perfect sync. And I'm like, oh, I'm so stupid. I'm doing absolutely everything right. I'm getting the animation curve. I'm getting the timing from the notification. I'm not doing it willy-nilly. I'm not making assumptions about how big the keyboard it is, but it's just not synced up. And so, you know, I showed it to one person like, yeah, you're right. Uh, let's go to talk to someone else. And this was the engineer who had worked on on the at least the commenting feature of photo streams. And going, yeah, you know, I wrote that, and I still had this problem. This is the best you could do. And it came it came to the fact that that when he said what it was, it was obvious, but I couldn't see it beforehand. It's like, well, the keyboard is traveling a different distance than than what you're resizing your view because you've got this bottom tab bar. That's the bad. That, that's the good news that it's not you. The bad news is that you can't really fix it completely. You can adjust the timing and, and do a delay so it doesn't look as disturbing, but you're not going to get it quite perfect. 
So, but that was and the point of it was is that it, it's 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 easy to think that you know that that Apple engineers are somehow gods, untouchable, like you know. But in fact, they they run into problems as well. That's uh, and so how did the the overall design review you you got in for one did you after queuing up at seven fifty I did yes after queuing up for all those things I did and uh, it you know the the problems I was asking about was how to to how to kind of combine searches by topic like I'm interested in street art and place I'm interested in street art in Shoreditch in London whatever um, and the, the 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 guy said something I thought was very useful in that. He said, "You you may not really be asking the right question. You know, you're asking you you're presupposing that the solution is to make it easier for people to signal those two things. But this is a mobile app, and nobody really wants to think like they're searching." He said that you know mobile apps are more about discovery, and that he was looking at at you know. So in other words, don't make me ask for what it is I'm looking for. Show me some things and let me select, and then you can keep track of my selections and and you can refine them over time. But you know, you don't ask me to do more work. And then he said he used a phrase that's like, you know, I don't like dashboard apps that dashboard views that try to cram try to cram in more than they need. And this was extremely helpful to me in that, you know, uh, you know, we have a challenge specifically in the Finder app is we want to talk about you know three things. We want to talk about notes. We want to talk about the people who leave the notes, and we want to talk about note maps, which are, are interesting collections of notes, um, usually by theme, sometimes by area, but not exclusively. And and he goes well. That's great, but you know, figure out what it is that you're selling the most in any one view and sell that. And he was saying that you know you've got these note map views and they're nice and pretty, but the the, the first w collection view sell that you're showing them and it's not big enough. It's not featuring enough. You you tap on it, then you show something that looks really nice. So why don't you take that big view and put that in there, sell that. But but you know by by you know by the same token, I don't know who these people are that that are authors. I mean yes, okay, there are people who are leaving notes in area, but if I don't know them, they don't mean anything to me. So it was just you know, it, 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 you cannot reasonably expect that in twenty five minutes you're going to get the exact directive saying do this precisely. But what you what you do get is somebody who has no vested interest seeing it for the first time, you know. And and can be just can be very blunt and not in a mean way, but just very blunt. Just like you know, I, I'm seeing something that obviously you haven't been able to see because you've been too deep into it. And so let me share with you what I I see. And the other, but the other thing I would say is like Apple has really kind of has really kind of you got the sense that they are so really on your side. They want you to do this excellent work and 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 um, and show you. Uh, so the, and, and kind of the other thing is that there were more tracks about about design and useful stuff. I mean, there was a whole session on 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 uh, uh, first run experiences and kind of how do you tell people about what's new and different about your app? How do you get them into it? And they, it was one of the best presentations I've I've seen in a long time. Um, and and then you know the the intuitive how to build intuitive user interface session. Um, there was uh, you know the the, the presenter. Um, was going on about kind of some some showing some things not to do, which then I'm like going, oh god, you know, they're talking about my app, and and so I was talking to some the the Apple folks at the at the bash about that. I said, don't worry, you're by no means the only person who thinks that. Everybody thinks that they're that that, that the negative examples we are giving is about your app. It's like, yes, it is strong from the experience, but <laughs> there are plenty of apps who kind of make the same mistakes. So I was like, okay, well, at least I have company. So yeah, that 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 was that was awesome. Uh, yeah, can I talk a little bit about alt conference as well? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. 
So Alt Conference was, again, kind of knocked it out of the park. Um, I, I went during lunchtime sessions, and it was literally kind of across the street at the Children's Museum. It was very, very professionally run. The presentations, the, the, the video, the, the quality of the speakers. So my, my good friend and uh, for many, many years, Ted, um, came, came out for, uh, for this, and he didn't have a ticket, and a bunch of other people that didn't have tickets came there. And a bunch of people who were, were you know, at DubDub, came across the street that either spoke or they heard. But uh, the very last session, with, which had James Dempsey in it, so James Dempsey, everybody I think who's been to Dub Dub knows him for his fantastic songs. Um, and he had been at Apple, you know, he, he, he's been at Apple since, you know, as he said, they had the rainbow logo and they were troubled Apple and on the cover of Wired magazine with the headline, Prey. And he worked on web objects. He was a web objects evangelist. He did all these flash animations and tutorial videos and presentations there. Uh, and he, so he, the title of this was talk was a look back. And he, he uncovered something I thought very fascinating. He's like saying, you know, how many people here know about web objects? And there were about four or five people that, you know, including myself, raised their hand. How many people have heard of this thing called WebScript? It's like two people, me. WebScript was my first programming language. It was an interpreted version of Objective-C that allowed you to, to use a script to program web objects apps so that you could write some code, hit you know, reload on your browser and see it execute again. So it was perfect for me. But they had, at the time, since everybody was kind of moving towards Java, they, they had, uh, were looking to make Objective-C seem less strange. So change the syntax, get rid of the brackets, have dot notations between your, your, your classes and your methods, and to have named arguments within the parentheses. And so he said, look, on Apple's legacy documentation section of her site, you can see this article that talks about the description of modern syntax for web script. And he put that side to side with some documentation about how to write methods <laughs> in, in, in Swift. And I'm going, okay, <laughs> does anybody, is anybody else creeped out by, by that? So I, I felt uh, it was very interesting to have that kind of uh, twinge of nostalgia or kind of, which is another way of saying that like, man, I'm old. But it was also interesting to see how you know a lot of these things have have been there beforehand, um, and if you knew where to look, you could kind of see see where things were going by looking looking back at what's already been. Sometimes there were you know things that were a little bit ahead. So you can you can say that you were using Swift twenty years before anybody else then. Exactly. Well, it's kind of the, the, the very funny. He also made that joke. He's like going, you know, I've already received five uh, LinkedIn. What do you call it? Uh, uh, recommendations, recommendations, recommendations. Yes. yes, basically saying for my expertise in Swift and like, and you remember how there used to be, you know, when the iOS iOS SDK came out, and, you know, you'd see these LinkedIn job postings. Needs three years of, of yeah, iOS when development we were watching experience. The, when so, we were watching the like, keynote, got, the first thing yeah. we did was say, uh, uh, "How long is it going to be till we see the first uh, senior Swift developer required? Five years experience needed." <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. it's yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, there we are. It's um. It sounds like it was a really good show, John, and um. I'm sort of a bit sad. It was. I was, it was sad a great week, great show. Yeah. Well, you know, the other thing too is all conferences talks were available. Literally, they were streamed, and they were available on the same day. I I want to also give a shout out to. Uh, I I only saw two talks. No, three talks. So one was uh, the the look back. There was another one from an old hand from the, the, the next in web objects world, this guy named um, Tommy, Thomas Engel. I knew him as Tommy um, uh, a million years ago. And he was basically talking about, you know, what could you do if you have the, the geek skills? 
we have and you trying to make the world a better place here are some things you can do and with the realization that trade and even fair trade you know is is, is kind of a little bit bogus and that you know what what the large ngos and large uh, organizations that are trying to come to you know help help out in the developing world paint a, a very rosy but inaccurate picture of the work that they do and that you know there are some things that you can do that are very very simple um and so I thought that it was it was one of those talks like saying you know do good with your skills, the the Mike Lee talk I highly recommend which was about doing better, and it had to do with basically you know uh, looking at at at. at Problems that exist in the world and troubled people and the and, and troubled ideas and the people they come from and he did one thing I thought was very clever. Well, I shouldn't give it away because you should see the talk, but basically, juxtaposition between uh, people that you know and, and think to be super geniuses and and people have done great for the world and things that they've actually said and you weren't sure who actually said it until he revealed it. So he did this great uh, you know, juxtaposition and contrast between kind of evil people and good people and, and people that are lauded as, as good like Maya Angelou who've done things that otherwise you'd say, oh, that's evil. She was, you know, she was a prostitute, you know, and, and other people. So it, it, it was it was all about that. It's, I think, honestly, uh, one of the best talks I've ever seen him give and he gives some good talks. So anyway. Check that out. I'll put a link to the old comp uh, videos in the show notes. Um, They're all on YouTube, so go take a look. Okay, just going to take a quick break and talk about our sponsor. Um, It's the Briefs product from our friends at Martian Craft. Um, Briefs is basically to be used as a part of your design process. It allows you to build up uh, your application within the Briefs product to do uh, the layout, to put the buttons on, but also to specify the the flow between um, the screens or the, the views, uh, the animations that you're going to use, and you set it all up and then you put it, uh, load it onto the Briefs app on a device itself, and then you can actually get to play with the mock-up of the app. And um, it was interesting, I was in a design meeting yesterday uh, for an app, and um, you know there was some a whole bunch of changes going on uh, around the UI and things, and... Uh, the guy who's leading the project, um, who's not a developer and was saying, you know, well, it's all one thing to see it on a bit of, you know, when, when people are doing printouts and they're doing the mock-ups. But once I got it in my hand, you know, I felt this needs to change and this needs to change. And that's exactly what Briefs is trying to um, get for you far earlier into the process, whereas you can get some of that interaction while it's still a design as opposed to having spent all those hours getting the animations right or the everything right and then realising it, it's not working so go try it out. Um, you can get a, a, a trial copy at uh, giveabrief.com. It's available for purchase uh, either from their website or from the App Store. Uh, if you like it, um, yeah, go ahead and buy it. 199 bucks. Uh, great product. Uh, really can impact your development process, especially if you're doing a lot of work for clients who aren't necessarily um, you know, experienced at this, who will look at mock-ups and then realize it didn't work for them when they later get it. So that's giveabrief.com. Thanks to the guys at Martian Craft for sponsoring the show. Now, John, there's um, obviously we're now uh, a couple of days after WWDC is finished. Over the weekend, there were lots of blog posts started coming out about people's weeks and, and things they were doing. Um, absolutely hundreds of them. Uh, I've not really read. Uh, that many of them, I haven't had time, but there was one, well, in fact, one I only read this morning because someone pointed out to me yesterday um, by Charles Perry from Metakite Software, 
um, does the Release Notes podcast, very good podcast if you uh, want to send another podcast to add to your list. Um, and he did a post called Simulating Upgrade Pricing Using App Bundles. And mm, yeah. I don't know if you've read this post or seen this post uh, or whether mm-hmm. this was a discussion. I don't know. Maybe this was a common discussion going on at um, DubDub. I don't know. But basically he was saying because you um, have the ability with the new app bundles that were introduced at DubDub last week to um, put a complete this bundle price on the bundle as well. So if you have one app that's in a bundle, you don't have to pay the full bundle price. You can have an uh, another price he said so surely if i um if i put uh if i want to release release two of my application um and so i create a bundle that is release one and release two and i just make that bundle the same price as release two would have been but then if you already own release one you can complete the bundle for a different price effectively you'll get an upgrade pricing very clever i hadn't thought about that i mean i i, I totally yeah. So um, I've put the article in there. Now, if that works, that's really cool. Um, it is, and you know, even even if it doesn't, even without solving that particular problem, I thought the bundling was very cool, especially hand in hand with extensions, because then it basically says that you know every app developer can can you know if they think about solving a a particular problem for the user, the end user with multiple apps, they can everybody can you know. Um, be more successful. I mean, I tried to do that with Memory Miner and, and, and making it work well with other apps, and and then bu- making special bundles. That, and it, it worked. It worked pretty well. And I think now more more app developers should do it, and that there should be some co- coalescing of apps, so that you know, if if you're trying to do this, if let's say that you're trying to capture your 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 vacation photos and make a nice presentation of them, here are three apps that can help you make it work together. And not only do you get them all, at, you know, at a, at a at a nice price. But that because they've written extensions, they they cooperate with each other in nice ways. So I mean, it, it it's uh, my advice to to people who have apps that that are, are out there charging for them, find ways of doing that. Yeah, as I said, I think I said a little bit earlier on when you were talking. I've I've said it several times, and I think I said it just now. I think extensions are actually going to be the biggest thing around this release. Um, yeah, we've got yeah. Swift, and I think that's going to change our lives as developers. Um, but it's a language, and yeah. it's uh, yeah. You can only do with a language what the APIs allow you to do. So I'm sure we're all going to enjoy it. Although you know, there's uh, the reality is everybody's going to use Swift over the next few years. Even those people who are complaining now that it's got this horrible syntax here or this horrible yeah. syntax there, because it's it's going to improve and it's going to go forward. And Objective C is now basically stagnant. I would imagine. I don't think we're going to see any any more improvements to Objective C at all. Um, yeah. over the coming years but yeah but, i mean they can, it's very but extension sorry yeah i'll let you come in but extensions is is no go ahead so even though they really didn't give it that long um in, in the keynote for people who weren't at the rest of the show um but that's going to totally change the type of apps and the type of apps we can write and that's why i think that's the biggest thing we've seen yeah i mean this was very funny you know there there was a blog post links uh, on Daring Fireball today when they were he was talking about or the, the original author was talking about how uh, you no longer have the penalty if you write a uh, an app that uses um, WebKit and to, to run a JavaScript you know you know JavaScript in, in HTML mostly about the execution speed and DOM manipulations of, of of the web view which is not as good as what you get in the Safari app itself and that that penalty has gone away. 
and people were trying to think, how did they do it? Did they kind of go back in how they uh, limited the, the use of the just-in-time compiler? No, what they ended up doing was basically using the same technology that exists that make the uh, you know the interactive notifications work, or even the way that they do the, the the extensions and the sharing stuff work, is that your code, your own view controller, can execute in another app space, but it's sandboxed in a way. And the way that they're doing it is with with XPC, um, which is a technology that that kind of had had been had, it was introduced, I believe, first on the Mac, was it not? It was like the 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 way that you're supposed to safely talk to sandbox file system. And this is a kind of another idea that's ancient, but that has been revived in, in an Apple way in that, you know, you, you're old enough to recall X terminals and the whole concept of you have a super expensive server with lots of processing power, and then you'll have essentially a dumb terminal on people's desks. Yeah, I, I worked X on windows. those for years. It wasn't, I don't just right. remember them, I worked on them. All right. And so, you know, it, it's kind of like X terminals within your app, but then, you know, I, I think that this is something that, that Dave Spector, my buddy, you know, really talked about a lot um, in that, the, the, you know, forget about kind of syntax wars with, with, with Swift. To me, there's like, you know, two things that are interesting about it. One is that, yes, the whole interactive playground really makes it that that kind of people who are getting into programming. It's a lot easier to see, especially for, for like animations or, you know, custom drawing where you're trying to remember your math that you forgot and how to, to draw a curve smoothly or how to make a shape properly or how to, 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 to use sine and cosine stuff that, I, you know, I, I barely knew when I was in junior high and I certainly don't remember now. That's really great. Um, but then, then if you look at, at this whole continue thing, and the idea that your app gets remotely executed in other apps through a safe mechanism, um, and with handoff, you know, Spectre was saying in particular that it's not just that it passes a little bit of data from one app to another. You can really pass a block and it can execute it. And one of the reasons why it's, it's able to do so is that when you get rid of some of the vestiges of C where you have scalar values that can't be, because they're not objects, can't be serialized, you know, that you have to turn them into values or, or other objects um, to be able to package up, that's a pain in the butt. But now if everything absolutely is an object, um, there's, you know, you can say, here's a little block of code, and I know that foundation is running on this this iOS sensor device, this heart, you know, home health, this this health device, this this home device, whatever. And you can package up some data and some code and have it executed. When it's done executing, it can then send the result somewhere else, so that your app really does run in multiple places. That to me is is very very interesting. Yeah, it's going to totally totally change things. Uh, I think it's going to be very interesting to see what the whole app system looks like in two years' time compared to now. Um, yep. with, with what's going on so you, i mean do you, you you're in a position where you have a product that's um release one or just release 1.1 wherever you're at now uh -huh. so really you know you've put a lot of work into it and yet even though you've put a lot of work into it it's probably only at the beginning of its life um and you'd hope to get another uh -huh. two three five ten however many years from that product as you carry on with it so you know, what's your plan? Are you going to begin to begin to just integrate new features using Swift and go back to the Objective C? You're just going to stick with Objective C for now, um, or you know, some, um, some people I are saying I'm going to throw all my code I, away, well, and everything again in Swift, which you know sounds a bit crazy, but there we go. Absolutely, uh, what, what, what are you thinking? They're not going to do that. Well, I think for one thing is, um, <clears throat> I would say that for for new 
I'm not going to rewrite. There's no benefit for rewriting. There's and there's no penalty for not rewriting. It's not. I, you know. Do you think Apple has gone and rewritten all of 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 AppKit or Foundation in Swift? No. They have wrappers for it. They have a technology for doing it. I mean, the the real magic here is is there. You know, because of the. It is precisely because of the the dynamism that exists in the Objective-C runtime and the magic of LLVM that makes Swift possible. I mean, the fact that you could do, you know, the, the, the Ruby stuff or, or, you know, years and years ago, you could do kind of, there were interactive Objective-C um, uh, 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 shells that existed. It's, it's, so I would say that, that for things that are, have a graphical component, having the playground was great because when you're trying to like actually code up, let's, let's look at it this way. You've used briefs. You've created some fantastic, you know, animation and interaction that 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 makes a gesture control and animation, or or, or and vice versa. Now you and and you, the client says this is great. Now it comes time to programming it. I would rather do that in Swift in the in the playground to make sure I've got it right and then get it running that way than doing it in Objective C and having to do the the compile link, you know, install thing. So, you know, that kind of thing makes perfect sense to me. Um, and then in terms of, of the app itself, it's like, you know, this is great. You know, uh, we, we have, you know, if you take a picture and you want to take that picture and, and put it up to Findery, I'd rather that people have the opportunity to do that from within the camera app, you know, or if people want to, you know, share something from another app and, and they wanted to push that onto, you know, a, a, a Findery note, all great. You know, so this this is it, this is wonderful. So you know, new extension. So then, in that particular case, since extensions are just bundles and they're discrete pieces of code, that I think is a very good place to to, to start uh, getting feet wet with with uh, with Swift. That sounds like a good plan. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. makes that's very sensible, John. I'm quite impressed with you. I really am. <laughs> Uh, well, I, we've been running 30 minutes or so, so um, I guess we ought to wrap up. It's been really quite strange being able to talk about all this stuff. I wasn't there. We've not had to say, oh, that's NDA. We can't talk about it. That's, um, you know, that's been been really good. Really good. So uh, I'm just going to finish up, John. Well, I don't know if you noticed, I changed. Uh, I got a new job this week. Well, it's about time you got a job, didn't you? Wasn't that your first thing, your introduction to, you know, working on computers because it was either that or the dole? That's right, yes. <laughs> so eventually, so it, uh, all, it, it uh, only took thirty years for me to get a job. Um, uh, I've I've always spoken in the past about our, our friends at Rem Objects, whereas uh, I am now one of them, so I can be your friend at Rem Objects, John, or one of them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I've uh, taken over as CEO of the company. So it's uh, going to be an interesting ride. Exciting to be in the uh, developer tools market at a time like this when everything is changing. And obviously, you know, uh, actually, the keynote last week was um, we some of the things we do is produce compilers, and so I sat down in the during the keynote last week, and then you know Apple released a new language, and immediately it's okay. What does that mean for us? First day on the job, and there's another language to sort of think about, and whatever else. So yeah, but I'm looking forward to the challenge. So um, hopefully, we'll talk about some of the uh, some of the challenges of producing developer tools in the current market in some of our chats that we have. Absolutely. I will say, you know, we didn't talk about CloudKit. We can probably either talk about it another time. CloudKit was my only disappointment. So that, so my disappointment in CloudKit as it exists today is other companies' opportunities. So I will say that. Yes, yeah. Let's not go there because there's quite a few things about, about CloudKit that uh, that are good and bad that we've heard about. Um, so maybe maybe what we'll do, John, is over the next few weeks as we chat about our normal stuff, let's, let's pick 
um, one thing from iOS 8 or Dub Dub or, or, or whatever and, and just spend 10 minutes of our time um, talking about that. So next week we'll do CloudKit and you can lead the discussion. Sounds good. Excellent. Tell people where they can find you, John. Now you're not in well, that line can... at 7.15 a.m. in the morning where they could have found you last week. Yes. Well, you can find me on Findery as John Fox, and you can find me on the Twitters as Jembe, that's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. And you can find out all about my delightful product, Memory Miner, at memoryminer.com. My name is Scotty, and you can find me on Twitter as MacDevNet, and ADN is Scotty. You can find the show notes to this show at iDeveloper.co, and you can visit the new website, no, not the new website, the website of my new employer at remobjects.com. There we are. They just they obviously just employed me because they didn't want to pay for sponsorship. <laughs> they got you that because <laughs> we charge wow. so much. <laughs> there, we, there we go, John. I missed you last week, but it sounded like that standing in line instead of talking to me was worth it. But uh, it's been great speaking to you again, and uh, we'll catch up next week. And thank you everybody else for listening. Um, You've probably enjoyed us not being around for a week, but now we're back and uh, we will be back next week. So until next time, you take care.